0: Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios, which completely aligns with their goals. Right, this week, I'm jumping straight in. Because I am talking to you about a topic that I get asked about all the time. Literally, this is my third most requested topic and I don't talk about it a lot. One of the main reasons I don't talk about it a lot is because I feel like that in the unregulated sector, this is the easy way of making money and it seems to be that everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. So I am reluctant to talking about it because as a chartered surveyor when I go through my APC process it is drilled into me all of the ways in which I have to act ethically and morally and I see it out in the industry going so wrong like this is a thing that honestly gives the buy-to-let kind of unregulated side of things a really bad name and so I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna give you what I know as a surveyor, not what you are about to find on property sourcing courses, all right? I'm gonna give it to you from me, a charter surveyor. This is coming from my regulated firm. I am a firm of surveyors. I have to give you best practice in every single thing I do. Otherwise, I get a slap wrist, right? So I've been very reluctant to talk about it, as I said, because there's so many people out there preaching that they do things the right way, and maybe they do. But in practice, their mentees, I've never seen this done properly, in which case I stay away from anybody who calls themselves a property sourcer, I really do. As a surveyor, a property sourcer is an investment agent. Right? And they are trained to the highest of standards with the best ethical practice. And I want that for you. If you've decided that you're going to be a property sourcer, let's change that and say that you're an investment agent and you work for people to find the right investments, okay? That's your job. It's so important that you start focusing on it from a professional standpoint because investment agencies, investment agents out in the field, are industry professionals. They are trained chartered surveyors. They have been through rigorous tra- training, which is why they charge really high fees, but they are qualified. They have got an investment background, so they can do valuations, they can point you in the right direction of what you need to be doing, and then they will go out and match you with the exact perfect property that really, really hits your goals. That's what an investment agent does. It seems to me that in the buy-to-let industry, property sources just like go and find rubbishy properties from, I don't know, like a block of flats that a developer has gone under on or something which is so far overpriced anyway. And that doesn't feel right. It does not feel right, and I get it. You might be listening to this podcast and being like, well, that's not me, Natasha. Okay, fab. Please try and do this as professionally as you possibly can. So what I'm going to do is I am going to run through compliance as I know it as a surveyor, not what someone else is going to teach you. And then we'll get into some of the ways in which you can really become a good investment agent or property source or whatever you are calling it. But let's get this clear. This is not get rich quick. This is not a fast track approach to making loads of money. You have to put time into this and you have to make sure that you are going to work with your clients and get them the absolute best, all right? That is what I want from you going into this. If you can't be bothered or you're going to give up or you really don't care about your clients, turn off now, go do something else with your life, seriously. I don't want shitty people in this industry. And I'm sorry for swearing, but I do have to do it sometimes because it frustrates me. So first up, let's get into compliance and how you become a compliant investment agent or property sourcer. Firstly, you need to set up a business which falls under estate agency and your accountant is going to do that for you. Don't go out there and try and do it on your own because you might have set up under the wrong code, in which case you're going to be taxed wrong, you might not be registered correctly. Please get your accountant to set that up. So that's the first thing you do, estate agency business. Then you need to register with HMRC that you are an agent right? You can call it a property sourcer, they're not going to understand. You need to register as an agent. So you must set up that up via HMRC. Then you need to make sure that you have an appropriate complaints handling procedure in place with a property redress scheme as well, such as the property ombudsman. So you will notice that I have one of these for NC Real Estate. My complaints handling procedure is stage one of the complaint. You get in contact with me and you make the complaint and I will try and resolve that with you. If you can't, you can escalate that to a stage two complaint. And I have got an outside surveyor who would come and have a look at it and be the impartial party to oversee the complaint. If you still don't agree with it, you can then escalate it to CEDA, who are my complaints, who are my property redress system. And I get that free as part of my RICS membership. If you don't agree with what they say, then you can go to the RICS. So those are my levels of complaints handling procedure. It's on my website. You can find it. If someone asks me for my complaints handling procedure, that's fine. They can have it. That's what I'm meant to do as a surveyor. If you want details of what we have to do as surveyors, I really, I cannot stress it enough, I really recommend that you go to the RICS website and type in complaints handling first edition and there is a guidance note. Download it, read it. It's really good stuff, really good stuff. And it's free, so go and get that. I'm gonna put the link below in the show notes. You have to have this. As b- because it also falls under the Estate Agents Act 1979. And that's the act that you're operating under. Next up, you must read the Estate Agents Act 1979. Now, I'm not an estate agent. I don't act under the Estate Agents Act. But as a property sourcer or an investment agent, you are going to be acting in accordance with the Estate Agents Act. Don't break it down. Don't go and find summaries. I've put the link b- below, no excuses, go read it. It's really important. There's things in there about no double dipping, making sure that you're disclosing the right information to people, making sure that any offers that you get are presented. I worked with a sourcer before that I absolutely tore apart because they were not acting in accordance with the estate agent act. So what did I say to them? All right, fine, how far do you want me to take this? because I'm meant to be dealing with professionals here. So you have to be ordering, you have to be acting in accordance with the act that you fall under. So read the Estate Agents Act, 1979. No excuses, I've put the link to the act below. Another really, really good handbook for this is the RICS's Real Estate Agency and Brokerage Third Edition. Again, It's too long for me to go into in this podcast, but I've put the link below, download it, make it part of your handbook, because that is best practice. That is what surveyors have to adhere to. And I suggest that you follow it too so that you're putting yourself up there with the best in the industry. So do make sure that you download that and read that through. Okay, so then once you've set up your business, you know how you're acting because you've been through the Estate Agents Act, you've read that handbook, you then need to register your business with the ICO. I registered my business with the ICO, it cost me 35 pounds a year. I would recommend just get it done. And if you don't, they chase you for it anyway. And the fines can be really, really hefty. So make sure that you are registered and you have that set up you will then also need to make sure that you register with the anti with anti money laundering scheme to make sure that you don't do any money laundering i mean guys Seriously, no taking brown packets with any, inf- with any money in it. If someone passes you money across the table, no. Make sure that you know who the person is that you're taking the money from. So do identity checks and make sure that you know where the source of that money is coming from if it looks strange. Estate agents have to do it. Solicitors have to do it. Mortgage lenders have to do it to find out where your deposit's coming from. You're going to need to do it. And then make sure you take out the necessary professional indemnity insurance. If you download the complaints handling from the RICS, they actually give a really good guidance on what professional indemnity insurance you need. As an RICS regulated firm, I have to have appropriate uh, professional indemnity insurance, which I do. I have mine through Aon, who is um, an approved RICS PII insurer and I have it at the appropriate level. And I also have all of my insurance backdated for six years. So if there's any claims from something I've done over the last six years, I can still claim through that at the moment. And you also need to get public liability insurance as well. And a good insurance broker will be able to advise you on that. Other things that you really need to be aware of are things like handling clients' money. If you're handling, if you're taking clients' money that isn't for your fees, then you need to make sure that you are handling clients' money correctly. Again, the RICS just over the last month dropped the new uh, professional statement for firms around handling clients' money. You can get that, just go on the RICS's website, and find that if that's what you're doing. Please make sure you're compliant as a first step. But i have literally just there, been through everything that you need to do to keep compliant. Make sure that you're always getting up to date on all of these things, and making sure you've got your ear to the ground in the industry to always make sure that you're staying up to date with new changes. But that's where you start. If someone's charging you thousands of pounds for that information, Don't pay it. Just do that. I'm giving that to you because as a surveyor, we need to do it to make sure that we stay compliant. And I want you to do it to make sure you stay compliant too. So those are the things that you need to know. Have a separate business for your agency. Keep that out the way of everything else you do and make sure that you follow those steps that I've just set out. And I've put all of that in the show notes. Can we next move on to something that you now need to work on. This is the hard bit. Setting up an agency or a property sourcing firm or an investment agent firm, whatever you wanna call it, isn't hard. There's steps, you just go through them, fabulous. The hard bit is actually the doing. First up, you need to make sure that you have appropriate fees in place. And I, do, I don't wanna hear any more of double dipping. It's so freaking unethical, it's unreal. Double dipping is where somebody takes money from both the seller and the buyer. If you are doing that, please go find someone else to deal with and listen to. I do not want anything to do with you because it is unethical. You have to choose who you're acting for. Are you acting for a buyer? In which case, are you going out and finding properties? Or are you acting for the seller and selling the property for them? Because you cannot, you cannot ethically be acting for both parties. You can't be getting a fee for both because how would you then be able to act impartially? So choose and charge appropriately and have a very transparent fee schedule for how much it's going to cost the client that you're working with. Make sure you've got a contract in place as well, which sets out the fee schedule and when you are expecting to receive those fees. The next thing that I really need you to be aware of is that if you are sourcing property for a investor, so you are acting for a buyer, it's probably best to not go and get it from Rightmove. In fact, don't go and get it from Rightmove, it's lazy. The buyer could do that themselves. You need to be finding properties that haven't yet hit the market, but you can get them at a good deal. And so to do that, you are going to have to be making sure that you are out in the market, you are networking, you are talking to locals. If you are just sourcing in a local area, then go to the local pubs and start chatting at bars. Find out who's selling and what you can do for them. Get to know your neighbors, get to know your neighbor's neighbors at work talk about it all the time that you have buyers you need to be so proactive in finding these properties again it is not good enough to just find them on right move start trying to phone up the owner and then trying to negotiate a, a discount with them you need to be proactive now of course you can go on Websites such as Open Rent, see if there's any landlords who are renting their properties and then see if, I don't know, if they're vacant, you could see if they wanted to sell them or you could get out on foot and start walking up and down streets and seeing what properties aren't in use, do a bit of a land registry search, which is three pounds, getting their details and writing to them. You could ask your solicitor. Do you know anybody who's selling who wants to sell a property? You could ask your accountant. Do you know anybody who's looking to sell a property because maybe they can't afford the tax on it anymore? Your networking skills are vital here for you finding these properties. And again, don't just go and find sites that have been rejected by everybody else. Because sometimes sites and properties go round and round the market and we get sick of seeing the same things over and over again. You also need to have knowledge of how long these properties have been on the market for. Because if you're picking them up from other people, then it is vital that you either are getting them at a really good discount or there's a different way of packaging up the deal. And you then move on to the fact that I've seen a lot of sources trying to present deals, which when they show me the deal analysis, don't stack up in the slightest. You can be honest and say that you don't know how to do the deal analysis, but you have this property that you're trying to sell. Seriously. All you have to do is put the information out there to your clients. And if you've signed that contract and you know that that Buyer, your client is going to pay you money because you're introducing the property. That contract's already there. There needs to be that trust between client and you to be able to disclose whatever information you've got. That includes the address of the property, the price of the property. (laughs) So many times sources put stuff out there and they say, I've got this, I've got this property and It's in this kind of a location, come off it. The only way that a buyer can make a real informed decision about whether they want to go ahead or not is by having the details of the property and to make sure that you're going to get the fee, have that contract in place to start with. I cannot be any more specific about this. And if you don't trust your client, don't work with them. (laughs) it's as simple as that if you think they're gonna undercut you or go somewhere else don't work with them don't be so desperate for the money that you do dodgy practices because that in the long run is not going to build you a business that works now those are my tips for property sourcing but here's something that's different introduction fees they're not the same as property sourcing You can have an introduction fee if you introduce two people to one another and maybe someone's going to get a business off someone else and you might get a little bit of a referral fee or an affiliate fee. Not the same as property sourcing. Everybody does it, but you have to be so transparent with it. For example, I live by the rule that with my clients, if I introduce them to someone, well, my clients are already paying me. So I don't need to get more fees off of someone else. However, if I introduce someone to um, somebody else and they aren't my client, then of course, if there's a fee to be had, I, I will take the fee. But I'll also disclose to the person that I'm making the recommendation to that I do get a fee for the recommendation, right? And that's just part of business. That's business sense. That's the way networking happens. And if you really gel with somebody, you can get on, you can start recommending them and it helps the business grow. Because if we're recommending each other to good people, then fabulous. That is so beneficial. Fees like that are usually between 10 to 20% Um, of the business cost. So if you recommend say a mortgage broker to uh, somebody that you know, then maybe you'll get 10 to 20% of the fee that they get or maybe do it on a set fee basis. It really is up to you. But again, you need to have that in writing. You can't just recommend someone and expect to take a fee. Ask them if you can have a recommendation fee beforehand and then see what they say. Put it in place. But the other thing is, I'm not going to not recommend someone because I don't get a fee. I'm very transparent. If I think that someone is a good match with somebody else, I'll recommend regardless of whether I'm getting a fee. That is how we promote a good industry. That is how we make this industry better. That's how we lift one another up, support one another, and make sure that we can keep promoting the best of the best within the industry. So both of those ways, both of those things, so introduction or referral fees and property sourcing, It is what it is, I've just given you the lowdown on it and I hope that's been really useful. What I really want to make sure and what I want to stress is that you take the time to do these things properly. Money doesn't happen overnight, building a business doesn't happen overnight. Even if you see people who set up a business and all of a sudden start making money, fabulous, But they will have done networking, they will have been building their brand beforehand, they'll have been building trust in the profession beforehand. You don't just rock up one day, launch a new business and expect the money to fall from the sky. Hell no. You have to put in the work, you have to find the right people and you have to get so many no's. I know it firsthand, come on, I set up NC Real Estate and straight out the bat, it was not profitable. Come on, I had to work. I had to build my audience. I had to start getting out there and telling people what I did and what I was passionate about and what I enjoyed and what I loved. That's the same with your sourcing or your agency business. That's even the same with getting a recommendation fee or a referral fee. The trust has to be there. The network has to be there. And that takes confidence and it takes a mindset of perseverance. And it's really important. So if you could take away anything on top of the compliance and on top of what you have to do to get this right, know that it is going to be hard. It's not easy. Yes, it's simple processes, but it's not easy. You need to build that network, you need to be confident and you need to know that some days it's going to be tough and you are going to have to wake up in the morning and make sure that you are moving forward. Even when you're having a bad day, get up. What's one thing that you can do? Write out your goals, write out your to-do list and go and do them. Because more often than not, progress is happening and we just don't see it. It's like when you plant a tree The roots sprout first before you even see any evidence that there is a tree coming up. And even so that tree starts small, and then over time it grows to be a big tree. You might have had that analogy before, but you've just got to trust in the process. Trust in the process and if you are putting in the work, you will start to see results. And it might be days, it might be weeks, it might be months, it might be years, But if you are so determined to make this part of your business, then you will stay the course no matter what. So I hope this has been useful for you. I hope it's opened your eyes to the world of investment agency from a surveyor's point of view. And I hope it's given you the tools that you need to go ahead. If this is your business, fabulous. Go and do it properly. Make the industry proud. Lift the industry up, go and do the work to make this, this industry always a better place to be. That's what I'm here for, that's part of my passion and I really hope you're here for it too. We all like making money but we have to have fun with it. We have to enjoy what we're doing and we have to make sure that the people that we work with are enjoying it too. So go out there and make this the thing that you really, really love, enjoy it enjoy the process because it will be a process and hopefully you'll come back and tell me how you got on because I would love to hear the results that you have from this. All right well thank you so much for listening to me and joining me this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.